When your child is growing up and uh, learning about who God is, sometimes your son or daughter might have, well, let's call it an interesting question just out of the blue. Like, I think I remember being asked one time, what does God smell? How does, how does God smell? Uh, what's that look like, Dad? And I had no clue where to go with that. I'm John Fuller, along with Danny Huerta, who leads our parenting team here. And Danny, what's one of the funnier questions you've heard, either one of your own kids or maybe one of the kids you were counseling about who God is or something like that? Yeah, I've gotten some funny ones along the way, John. Uh, one of them, I guess I'll stretch what we can mention here and on, on the show. And one of them is, does God get hungry? I was asked that. Nah, it's a fair question. The other yeah. one was, did Jesus toot when he was on earth? Did he toot? And uh, I was like, well, I, mean, I think it's reasonable human. to wonder that when you're right. a kid. So now those that are the funniest ones. we planted that thought, there are going to be adults writing us or commenting, and that's okay. That's right. I mean, that was a boy, There's little boy. There's room for broad theological understanding. He was trying to, <laughs> trying to match up with the experience, and he just asked that. And I just looked at him, and I go, I, maybe. Yeah, probably. probably yeah. Most likely. I mean, he was human. So yeah, yeah. humans do that. So that's it. Okay. There, there well. it is, John. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go yeah, ahead and hear from somebody who has uh, collected some good questions and some thoughtful responses to what you might be asked about Jesus, particularly uh, with regard to his death on the cross. Now, in a previous episode, Natasha Crane talked with Jim Daly about three reasons why Jesus was crucified. And in a previous episode, she shared the first one, which is that sin is so damaging. Here's more from that conversation with Natasha. So the second thing is that God is just. This is something that we also don't often like to hear about because everyone talks about God is love, right? We want to hear that God loves me, and that is so, so important. But a lot of times people don't understand this other part of his character, that he is a just God. And the way that I would explain it to a kid is just to say, if you saw an earthly judge, someone, just a regular human judge, and he just kept letting lawbreakers go free, he would let every murderer do whatever they want and kept saying, it's okay, I forgive you, go on, because I'm super loving. Well, you wouldn't call that loving. People would start rioting and saying, this is injustice. This is not okay. And in the same way, our God is a perfectly good and holy judge. He is able and willing and has the authority to judge between what is right or wrong. So ultimately, his justice is an important part of his character. Okay, Natasha, that's two of the points. What's the third point? So the third is that God has chosen to justly forgive us. And this gets to the heart of the why, that he's not just going to set us free and say, oh, it's okay, you can do anything you want, because that would not be loving. Love without justice is no love at all. Really important point for our kids to understand. So he loves us so much that he chose to make payment for our sins on our behalf by sending Jesus. So he justly forgave us. So those are the three key points that I try to communicate with my kids when it comes to the why aspect. And that just gets back to the heart of saying, hey, this isn't just, okay, Jesus died for my sins and I'm going to accept that. But why? Why did this have to happen? Why did Jesus do that? Natasha, this is so good. As a parent, I mean, you're grabbing me. I mean, I'm really wanting to make sure I've got this down for the sake of my son or daughter's soul. That's what we're talking about here. Um, you also ask a good question in your book. If your kids are struggling with their faith, parents, you need to be a detective. Explain that. 
Yeah, I think a lot of times we can panic as parents because our kids say stuff and maybe it's not in line with what we're hoping that they're going to believe or where their heart is. But we have to be a detective and really ask questions to figure out what they mean. And I can give you a, an example of how this happened in our house. We got into the car one day and we were going to church and my son was probably about five years old or something. And I know this is shocking, but kids don't always want to get in the car to go to church. <laughs> Are you serious? And I know. It's, I, it's embarrassing to admit it, but yes, that happens. <laughs> have you had the back bow when you're trying to put the seatbelt on? And they, they do the backbone. Like, you're not going to do this to me. That was one of those days. Like, yes. I absolutely had the backbone. That's a good term for it. And my son just arched back and he said, Oh, I hate God. And that was a moment, you know, for a parent wow. who really takes this seriously. It was like, Oh my gosh, where have I gone wrong immediately? And so I lost it and I just kind of yelled at him. And I said, oh, How could you say such a thing? Don't ever say something like that in our house again. That's a terrible thing to say. You know, and obviously, in retrospect, that was not the way to handle it. But as we drove quietly to church, because we have those Because <laughs> you put the fear of God in yes, exactly. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> Very quiet, uncomfortable, awkward drive to church because mommy just lost everything in the car. Then I turned around and I realized, you know, I'm just going to ask some questions. And the more that I asked him questions to find out what he means by what he said, I got down to the very bottom of that. And it turns out that he hated dancing in his little Sunday school class because they would have him sing and dance to the songs. And he hated having to dance. He's a guy. He, I'm he with him. He didn't want to dance. <laughs> and he had kind of translated that into his head. Okay, I don't like dancing at church, so therefore I don't like church, therefore I don't like God. And that's how it ended up coming out on the back end just of that. Just the, the way he expressed it. Right. Yeah. And instead of panicking, if I had just kind of taken a second to be a detective and asked the questions and see really what is it that they're saying, I would have gotten there. And as kids get older, those questions become more serious. Obviously, this is a fun example from my, my son was young. But even if a kid says, hey, I don't believe in God anymore. Well, don't panic. Ask some mm -hmm. questions. What do you mean? What God do you not believe in? Because a lot of times they'll describe a God that you don't believe in either. So ask them questions. And how have you come to that conclusion is the other really important question to ask. You know, before we end, there's another aspect that I thought was a good aha. You mentioned this distinction between investor approach and purchase. What did you mean by all that? Yeah, I think there's a temptation when you do start learning about these subjects that you think, well, if I do X, then Y is going to happen. And is that's, that how we think? Uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, I, it's how we think. Uh, at least I did. Maybe, yeah. maybe I'm unusual. No, you're but normal. Yeah, and so I think it's a purchase mentality. It's like, I have put this much in, and I plan on getting this much out. That's not what I'm suggesting with all this when I say we need to proactively prepare our kids for today's world. What I am saying is that we need to be obedient, just like you read from Deuteronomy at the beginning. We need to be obedient in that calling and that's being an investor. It's investing and taking the time and doing what God has called us to without knowing that we're going to have a guaranteed outcome. And so we invest, we put in everything, we let God take that and make it grow all for His glory. Danny, as our kids get older, we might hear them say something, you know what, I'm okay, I love God, but I do not have to go to church. I don't want to go to church. I'm not going to church. So what do we do with that? Because church involvement and accountability is a pretty vital part of the Christian life, but we can't force it. You can't. And, and the fact that it says that the, in this question that they love God, that is the ultimate important piece here. Now, you have sometimes a kid that says, I don't love God anymore and I don't want to go to church. That becomes even, that becomes much more complicated. The church is to be a life-giving environment and for some reason it's not for your child you have to figure out what is it with your child's personality what's their experience like when they go through the door so instead of 
forcing it or saying, well, okay, you don't have to go. Explore the why. When you walk through those doors, what is your experience like? Tell, take me with you from your perspective. I want to see it. I want to feel it. Do you feel left out? Do you feel rejected? Is it boring? Does it not match up to, uh, to what you expect church to be? Is Dad, it I don't want to enough? talk about it. Yeah. Well, you, okay. Well, you how do I handle those. that? Yeah. Okay. So the way that you would respond to that is just start talking to them about your experience and the fact that this is a value within the home. Hmm. And uh, until we have a conversation, we're just going to need to go to church together as a family because it's something we do together as a family. And if it's best to sit with us, if it's best for you to go to another class, that's, that's fine. What I want to know is I'm just wanting to know your heart. And if there's a compelling reason why it just doesn't make sense for you, I want to figure that out with you. I just need you to let me in. Yeah. So now you're addressing the relational part and asking the question, why is it that you don't want to talk to me about it? Ah, you know, I don't care. It's going to take too long. I'll get preached at. Uh, th th there's a deeper issue there, and, and maybe it's a relational issue you have to rewind towards yeah. and say, well, let's connect up. How about we go out? It looks like we need to connect. And, and uh, through that, if a person says, I love God, I just don't like going to church, generally they want to share why they don't like going to church. And uh, then from there, you can problem solve. Well, our conversation today is based on uh, Natasha's excellent book, Keeping Your Kids on God's Side. Uh, we're making that available as a resource to you when you make a donation of any amount to the ministry today. Now, if you can uh, make a monthly pledge, that'll really help us out as we go through the ups and downs of the economy. And it just allows us to be certain that you're with us and that we can count on those dollars. If you're not in a spot to do that, we totally understand. Uh, a one-time gift is deeply appreciated. So either way, pledge or make a gift of any amount, and we'll send that book to you. Uh, you'll find the link to donate and to get a copy of the book in the show notes. And if you'd like to hear more from the conversation with Natasha, um, stop by the show notes. You'll find a free download of it. Uh, it's called Answering Your Kids' Tough Faith Questions. And then uh, next time, join us because you'll hear from David Kinneman and Mark Matlock about how to encourage your child's faith in this digital age we live in. It's really going to be an intriguing conversation. I'm John Fuller, and on behalf of Danny and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast.